0: Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of how to become next on scene in your field of business or in your passion. Today, I'm so excited for my inspiring guest. But before I bring her on, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started with my son in the background and a self-care tip to keep your week going. So let's start with the marketing tip. This episode is all about the power of networking and collaborating. And I really believe that as a form of marketing because we talk about it more in this episode today, but creating relationships lead to future opportunities. So just always remember when you are – trying to put your business out there. Networking is a huge form of your marketing. It doesn't always have to be in person. Like I always say for businesses, like 50% of your business should be virtual and 50% of your business should be in person. So if we were to ever go through something like COVID again, you are protected in some aspect of your business because at least half of your business was one avenue or the other. So that is my marketing tip of the day. Now let's talk about my self-care tip of the day. All right, everyone. So my self-care tip of the day is all about makeup um, because I'm totally expanding my horizons as I always go to my go-to makeup artists, you know, for special occasions. But I'm really trying to learn how to make myself more glam. I'm usually never wearing makeup. So I have to tell you about this new brand that I discovered. It's called Euphoria. They have gone viral on TikTok because of a crazy popular Build Your Own Blush. It was founded by an amazing woman named Fiona Chochan, who basically created a blush line that you can sleep with makeup on because it, it doesn't affect your skin. So I definitely think if you are not familiar with Euphoria, definitely check them out today and grab some awesome blush they also have other amazing products and if you use code next on scene you can not only make your skin better and glow but you'll get 10 percent off your first order so if you're looking to expand your horizons with makeup and do good for your skin definitely check it out today Now, I'm so excited to share my amazing guest with you. She is so inspiring. She is doing amazing things. Not only is she a working mom, she is an Emmy award-winning reporter in Boston. Um, She's been doing it for 11 plus years. And today we talk all about how she got to where she is inside information about you know what anchors really look for and what they have time to do and what they don't how social media affects and is changing the world of news and so much more AJ agrees he's excited so I can't wait for you to meet the amazing Jackie Bruno Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with the amazing Jackie Bruno. She is an amazing Emmy Award-winning anchor and reporter for NECN, NBC10 Boston, and the founder of a new amazing women's group called Connect Her. Hi, Jackie. How are you today?
1: Hello, Jackie. So good to (laughs) talk to you.
0: It's a Jackie podcast today. What can we say, right? Yeah,
1: times two. Love it. I
0: love it. So tell, for nobody who knows you, like, because we're starting from a ton of new audience here.
1: people don't know me, so that's totally fine. That's not (laughs)
0: true. (laughs) Not true at all. But for people who don't, tell us a little bit about, like, how you fell into the world of reporting and journalism. And yeah, let's start there.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Massachusetts. I went to Boston University, so like I just can't escape Massachusetts, right? But like uh, I tried, kind of, but I didn't want to leave that much. So um, life kind of kept me here. I went to Boston University. I got my first job in Springfield. Uh, I worked there for three years, and then I got my job at NECN, and I've been there for almost eleven years. Amazing. Uh, Yeah. Well, um, is it is it amazing? I think Uh, so. No. Uh, We've faced a lot of adversity over the last few years. There's been a pandemic. We've had a lot of regime changes at our station. So I think it's been a difficult thing to kind of leave when the going was good. And when the going was bad, kind of want to like hang on to safety, right? So um, that's where I've been. and And I love the people I work with. And I have such a great team of people. I think that especially during the times when I've done every job there from anchor to feature reporter, entertainment reporter, general news assignment reporter. So I've done everything from running towards the Boston marathon bombing and reporting live to going out to LA to cover the golden Globes live on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty diverse set of skills that I bring to the table at this point. But, um, I love news. I got into it because I loved writing, first of all, and I think that for people who want to get into news, make sure it's not just because you want to be on TV because that is like, honestly, it's almost like at this point, it's like the burden of the job, right? Um, (laughs) The writing, the storytelling, if you don't get jazzed up by that, you're not going to like this industry because it's solely that. And, And the good ones and the people who survive in this industry are naturally curious people who want to serve their community, especially where I am working in my hometown community, I feel real calling to help people locally.
0: For sure. And then also too, like we had chatted prior about this, but over eleven years, like social media has really like grown substantially, changed the television world. Like, can we talk more about that? Like how does that affect you guys? Like are you now doing more streaming? Like how are you reaching more audience?
1: Yeah, I think there's been a revolution in TV news. And I think I got into the industry when I would literally have to wake up and be Watching television at 7 a.m. to see the Today Show every morning, right? And, uh, you know, back when I was in high school, you had to watch the news to so find out if you were going to have school that day, if there was a snowstorm. And I think about how I like really remember sitting on that stool in my kitchen being like, come on, it's, oh, we, it would be the G's. And I had the F school, you know, and you're like, ah, I don't wait all the way to the next thing, you know. So, like, <laughs> you know, technology has come so far and that seems like the ice age now at this point. But, Now, um, social media really changes everything. We're in like a digital first world. Um, and when you're breaking news, um, a lot of times we're breaking it online before breaking on television. The beauty of television is that people can kind of connect during really big moments. I think there's always going to be a place for TV news when you have major storms, especially in this area, when you have major breaking news and things are so uncertain and maybe You know, I follow probably everything you need to follow to get the news locally, but our general viewer probably doesn't, right? So um, they still will come back to us for that. But for smaller news, a lot of times things break online, right? Like when was the last time that you turned on the television to find out a celebrity died? It was probably on Twitter first, right? For sure. Um, So it's definitely changing the way. And then also celebrities don't need to talk to us to get their message across. Neither do politicians. They can just tweet it. So the need to talk to a journalist isn't always the same as it used to be. So you have to get more creative on how are you going to do these stories. And, you know, social media with streaming as well has changed the game. I think that like a lot of places are really focused on how can we stream? People are cutting the cord. There's Roku. There's Apple TV. There's so many different ways that people are consuming this. The good news for our industry is that I think that there's never been more content creation than ever before because think about all the streaming services everything from Netflix to Hulu to News to television to we have more channels than ever before whether people are watching them anymore I don't know there's YouTube you can even you don't even have to be on television to share your content anymore so There's a lot of opportunity for those of us who are content creators and storytellers. How we want to do this and how it's going to look for us might change greatly. So I think about my childhood dream of being like the next Maria Stefanos, you know, or watching like, you know, a Peter Jennings growing up with my grandfather. Like that's not the news industry we're in anymore. And it's a lot more scrappy, a lot more uh, DIY. And we have to all adapt to that.
0: For sure. I love also how you brought up Twitter, because obviously, you know, social media is my thing. So like when you're finding stories and stuff that interests you, is Twitter like your first source you go to, like in terms of like finding out trends or like stories you actually like, where's like your main sources usually go to cover or find information?
1: I think Twitter's great for like that bubbling up of news when it's like, you know, breaking news, right? Like, so like if you follow a lot of like the EMS, and so you'll find out there's a car crash or a fire, right? But a lot of times when you've been in the industry, as long as I have, somebody's texting you with that information. Hey, fire broke out here. If you're a good reporter in the area, you definitely are getting texts, right? So I think that we're finding out from the community first, usually before it even gets on Twitter. Like if you're only waiting on Twitter, you're probably too late. (laughs) Yeah. There was a manhole uh, explosion in Boston the other day and my hairdresser called me like freaking out because he just witnessed it, right? So like Friends will just call you and be like, I just, and I I literally almost didn't believe him at first. I'm like, are you screwing with me? Cause he never would call, but sometimes people are in the right place at the right time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's how I thought about that. And I immediately went to Twitter to see if it was bubbling up, see if he was screwing with me (laughs) and it wasn't even on Twitter yet. So I called my desk, I sent all the information that we had, and then it started kind of bubbling up on Twitter. So we knew that well before Twitter, we were one of the first people to start like getting on that story, which is great and I was able to help kind of from home by mobilizing my hairdresser to start like feeding information. in. so when you're a member of the community, it helps a lot. I always feel bad for people who are coming into this community, especially Boston, and they're trying to, you know, beat the hometown reporters with their own game. Good luck. We went to high school with the police officers. We like, you know, dated their, you know, brother or something, you know, so like we've got the hookups.
0: I love that. That's hilarious. It's great points, though. Great points. feature yeah, stories, I really
1: stalked Instagram a lot. That's how I found out a lot of my best Instagram stories. Things that were bubbling up on Instagram well before they were trends. My, um, I won an Emmy for a story I did about a dog walker photographer who's now gone super viral, but I covered him like five years ago when he only had like 2,000 followers. Now he's got so many and has made like international press. Amazing. Um, yeah, so I found that I was like, this guy's amazing. How does he do that? I need to follow him around and see how he gets these dogs to take these amazing pictures <laughs> off, with him, right? So it's just me being curious. One thing leads to another. And my other best way of finding stories is asking people at the end of covering one story, hey, what else is out there that you know about that I need to know about? And sometimes you get your best stories from the stories you're currently covering.
0: I love it. So let's tie that into networking now and connect her because I think what you're doing is so amazing. So tell me more about like what it is for people who don't know what the group is, but like what your goal is with it and more.
1: So the connector um, was kind of born out of the pandemic. It actually happened because I posted myself in a hat that my friend Francie Wade gave me that said, babe, support babes. And I just thought it was such a cool hat. I got her to judge the Miss Massachusetts pageant, which I'm pretty involved with as a former Miss Massachusetts way back in the day. So she gave me that as a thank you gift. And so I wore it on vacation and I got so many messages from women saying, yes. This is what we need. And I said, wow, this obviously struck a chord, right? And it was so like, you know, conversational in the Babe Sport Babes thing. I kind of wanted to call my group that at first, but that got some pushback. So
0: <laughs> I kind of like I, it. Still. I'm just putting so it out
1: there. I think of Tom Brady calling everybody Babe, right? Like, right. anybody can be there, right? But it, it's the connector now because, and we took us a while to come up with that name because. I just really felt like I needed to find out what the identity of this group was before I even gave it a name. Just so unlike me. I never start anything without a full-on plan. And I just started this by telling my friends we were all going to gather at a bar. And at the base level, this is a group that where you can get together with your most dynamic friends and invite your friends into the group. And we can all meet up, have a cocktail together and catch up in a way that kind of maximizes our time. It's hard to hang out with all of your acquaintances, kind of, Um, the people that you... We all have these friends who are like, I got to hang out with you. And then like, it never happens because you don't have time to individually hang out with each and every person.
0: Right. You
1: just, Hey, meet me at the connector event and everybody's going to be there. And more people are bringing more friends. And eventually we have this networking group, right? So it started off pretty small. And the idea was always to have it the inter industry. I feel like as somebody in TV news, it's such a niche industry, you can feel very stuck in it and feel like you're. Skills do not translate outside of that. And I was also very inspired by Elaine Weatherrow, who's the former editor of Teen Vogue. She wrote a book called More Than Enough. And she talked about being a multi-hyphenate in her masterclass. And basically, that it's, you know, everybody has dreams all over the place. And it's not just based in one industry. So she talked about making a strategy map of all your potential dreams. And I said, Well, I have all these dreams all over the place, but I don't even know how to get started on some of those things. Who do I contact? What do I do? And I thought, I must not be the only one who feels this way. So let's get people from all different industries together, all different life experiences. And essentially, we're crowdsourcing our life experience to help each other promote our and amplify our personal and professional goals. And I say personal, too, because I'm a mom of a child with autism. And I think when your personal life has trouble, it's very hard to succeed in your professional life, especially for women. We are so much the caretakers. And I feel like there are things that life throws at us that, I had no idea about anything about autism before this. Right. But now I can help other women figure out what's your first step. If you suspect your child has autism, if you get a diagnosis, how can I help you figure out the alphabet soup of services you're suddenly going to be thrown into? We have people who have lost a spouse. Um, or have been divorced, or are dealing with um, elderly parents, or have other issues, that where do you even start with some of these big life problems if none of your friends are going through the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I guarantee that someone in my group has that experience, and whether people want to pivot their job, find out about how they can publish a book, and they're in life sciences or something, but they have this idea for a children's book, right, like totally outside of their realm. People in our group know what to do. So now we've grown to about almost like 200 people, I would say, um, maybe more. Our biggest event we just had was about 150, but that was like when COVID resurged again and we just had an incredible event at Ernie Bach Jr.'s house. But for the price of a cocktail or if we're at Ernie Bach Jr.'s house, it was free. uh, (laughs) People can network and be in the same room as really powerful people. So we have CEOs, philanthropists, up-and-coming news reporters, media people, PR people, um, and young, old at every phase in their career, coming together to support each other and just, we don't ask for money. It's free. There's no fee. We just ask people to share their experience and be willing to mentor and be willing to um, provide answers when people need them.
0: I love it. I wanted to talk more about the mentorship too, because you had told me about that too, when you started, like, because I feel like people need that guidance, right? So where, where did that inspiration come from? Like, were you looking for that when you were younger yeah, I mean, I
1: think I was really proactive. Um, of course, I want to be a news anchor or reporter. I'm like not afraid to ask anybody for anything. In fact, <laughs> I was like looking into some political options, and I called like Scott Thirdstrom the other day, the guy who ran like Mitt Romney and Scott Brown's campaign, and I was like, "Hey, you seem like an independent thinker." Like can I pick your brain? And he's like, sure. And so like, I'm fine with cold call people, but not everybody's like that, right? Mm -hmm. But I did come up through pageants um, and I had this incredible pageant family and that's what I call them. I always say like the greatest gift I ever received in pageants, the greatest prize I ever won was not the crown. It was this group of people who has been, a support system for me since I was a teenager. So I first got the pageants at like 17. I won Miss Massachusetts Teen USA back in like 2003 when it was like still on TV, got in top five at Teen USA, came back later I went won Miss Massachusetts USA in 2008, placed in the top 10 at Miss USA at top um, in 2008. So I had friends all over the country. I had this incredible group here in New England that was really supportive and this group of sisterhood that, you know, for all the past winners, we really stayed in touch and we really were supportive of each other. Um, and people think it's the opposite, but you don't really last that long in pageantry if you want to like play the game in a catty way because you don't always win on your first try. And that sounds like torture to me. You might as well make some friends, right? Only one person wins. So I had this incredible support system and I thought everybody kind of needs this. How do I build this for other people? So the connector kind of was born out of that hat post that I told you about. And also this, I always realized that I was never competing against other women. I was only competing against myself because if I was worried about competing against other women for whether it was a job, a title, whatever I was going through, I was really wasting a lot of my own energy worrying about them. And I couldn't compete with them on certain things, right? Like we all looked different and it was going to be a subjective choice. Their dress was like that. Mine was like this, like, what were we really competing over? It was really just being your best self and presenting your best self. And then you know the cards kind of lay out where they do and the judges pick who they want to win. So it's less focused on how can I beat these other people and how can I just be my best self? So that really helped me in TV news, making friends and being a supportive colleague. There were times when I was demoted and a friend would get the job above me. And how do you stay friends with someone during that? Well, that wasn't, they didn't like connive for the job. I mean, we're all competing for the same thing and somebody made a decision and it wasn't my day. Right. Uh, So having that kind of perspective from pageantry really made me a natural ally for other women. And I wanted to make sure that I could find a way to foster those relationships for a lot more women.
0: I love that, but also be a role model. Right. Because I think a lot of people don't handle rejection really well, but it's it's no for now. Right. So it's like,
1: Yeah. When somebody gets something that you want, you can lash out and be mean and awful to that person who got what you want, but does that change the situation? No. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I needed to figure out how could I move forward in a way that was constructive, right? And how could I use things as a learning experience for me? So I think it's a really healthy way to think about it. And I think that the way our culture is, it pits women to get against each other. So we always feel like we have to compete against each other for any opportunity, but that's not necessarily what we need to do. And I think we're so much more powerful when we band together and say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And if we're all focused a little bit more about how we can help each other succeed, I think that's really the way that we're going to make um, great strides and you know, changing the pay gap and um, helping each other. Just, you know, I'm not going to change the world overnight, but if I can alleviate some of the stress on women today, whether it's in their personal or professional goals and help people find direction, that's something that I'm really passionate about.
0: We are going to go on a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Do you ever fall asleep in your makeup? Maybe you've been out late with friends or at a festival and then you haven't made it to the sink to clean it all off. But there, been there, done that. So when I found out about Euphoria, I knew this was everything I'd been sleeping on. Euthoria is the TikTok viral makeup brand that's formulated so good for your skin, you can sleep in it. Their founder, Fiona Chochan, did just that. For two months while testing their crazy popular Build Your Own Blush, it's a liquid blush oil that adjusts to your skin, unique chemistry for all color design, especially for you. That alone is cool enough. But when I found out Fiona woke up with better skin as a result of her testing it, I was sold. It's AAPI, female-founded, cruelty-free, vegan, bio-based, and loaded with proprietary skincare complexes that go to work for your skin. The whole range does, including their mind-blowing new pregame primer, which actually stops skin sensitivity at a neurosensory level. Insane. Uh-huh. Head to youthforio.co spelled youth for you. Yup. Like the show to shop your best skin yet today. Use code next on scene for 10% off your first order. That's right. 10% off your first order. I love it. Love the whole message. Like, I think we need more people like you, Jack. Like, well, in my group. Part of like- I'm to a connector
1: group and I'm working. So it's kind of gone kind of big, kind of fast. And I have an email list of people. So Basically, how to get involved with it right now is to get in touch with me on social media, say they what you want to be involved, send me your email, and I'll put you on my list. I'm working to develop a website so it could operate you know, a little bit more independently. So I'm not the one constantly making connections. And I still will be setting up we meet about every two months at a determined location. And it's really just to build relationships. And you might not need something right now. But Maybe, in the future, you need direction towards some goal that you have or advice for some problem that you're facing um so it's kind of just like putting the work in now to build those relationships so you have them when you need them in the future.
0: So good. I love that you don't meet every month too because I feel like the commitment for people like Much. being a mom, doing working like several it
1: months it's whatever I can like get crap together sure. so uh for it sure. is not easy, and I am multitasking, a lot of things. Um, And sometimes, you know, like during the holidays, during like, we didn't do one in December because it was just too crazy, right? Or we didn't do, like over the summer, like I'm really being very choosy about when I pick for our summer one because it's just really hard. Everybody's away. And so this may not be a very highly attended one, but that's okay. We tried one weekend one and that didn't go as well for people, but we made sure it was family friendly. So if people wanted to come, we had it at Kings where kids could go bowling and play games because I know as a mom, I'm not taking that one day I have on a weekend away from my kids, right? So like it has to be something that we can all do
0: together. So good. And then I want to tie into about like the working mom concept and finding that balance.
1: Yeah, you don't. Um, There's no (laughs) such thing as balance. I'm a disaster daily and a stress ball daily. I have a great spouse that understands and takes a big chunk of the load, which is great. And so I think when you're choosing your spouse, make sure you're choosing a giver, not just a taker. Um, It's critical when you're parenting and I don't think a lot of us think that I literally thought my husband was just the hottest thing since sliced bread and really fun and nice <laughs> and now I'm just so grateful that I really prioritize nice as well because um he's definitely <laughs> helped back some of the other guys I dated in the past I'm like oh that would have been a bad choice <laughs> so I think we've all been there but that's my advice for younger women who may be like you know deciding what qualities are most important. Nice packs are great. Um, Helping out. And if you can find both, you're really lucky. I think being clear with your friends too. Like I have a large group of friends. Some of them have kids, some of them don't. So like the ones that don't want to come over and just hang out and, you know, have a barbecue at my house with the kids, we're probably not as close anymore because quite frankly, like you just, you have to make sure that like the people who really want to be there to support you are going to support you during the good times, the crazy times, the kid times. And they have to love everything about you too. Like they got to like love the kids as much as they love you. And I think that like, that's important too. So good. And, I mean, I, I'm without the kids too. I say that like the best secret to a happy marriage is getting away, even if it's for a long weekend, more than a weekend. It has to be more than a weekend. It needs to be a very long weekend or a whole week with your spouse once a year. Critical, critical. Find someone to babysit your kids, get that done because you have to bond not just mommy and daddy. You have, and when we have gone away, just us, I I go, wow, I like, I really like you again. <laughs> like, I, I know I always love you, but like, I really like you again, and I'm, I'm reminded of the person that I married, and vice versa, right? And and you can kind of like shake off some of that parental stress.
0: Such great advice, like especially because coming from a new parent, like I'm feeling all the things, right? Like six months, yeah. down, I'm like, oh my god, like I, I we need time because you just forget, like you're just caught up in the moment. Yeah. You forget. It's
1: it's, first week in of any child that I've had. I want to divorce my husband. I text my friends and say, this is it. We're getting a divorce. Like the first week is the hardest week ever, especially after the first one, because you're just so it's a brand new routine. It's grueling and no one is prepared for that. So The first week is the hardest, but it's really always kind of hard. And there's, as they grow older, there's new joys, but it's always exhausting. And I love being a mom. I love my boys so much, but it is a challenge. Like it it can be really difficult. Like I don't think of myself as a normal, like maternal, like I wasn't like dreaming about children my whole entire life. I, absolutely love mothering my boys I love them I love them I love them but it's difficult so I think that like if you're afraid of having kids or building a family like I don't think there's ever a right time for it I think it just kind of happens and you got to like ride that like rodeo (laughs) yeah it's like so good yeah it is a lot you have to remember that you have to always be valued, right? And and valuing your own abilities is really critical too. So that's the best advice I have for work is just make sure that you know and be your own cheerleader. Sometimes we're so kind to our friends and we bolster them so much, but then we're so cruel to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, be proud of what you've accomplished. I'm a really big achievement person who thrives on my next achievement. And I quote the janet jackson song like what have you done for me lately you know uh a lot of times that's kind of how i operate like if i haven't had a big win on some front in the last few months i'm great at telling myself that i'm a failure that like her best times are behind her and that's great for motivating me and lighting a fire under my butt but it can make me miserable sometimes so i have to sometimes remember that like even every day, just getting my kids out the door, happy and healthy and into school is an accomplishment. So like make sure that I'm giving myself the understanding that there's big accomplishments and little accomplishments and they're all really important.
0: So good. What's like, before we go to like game time, like what's like one big thing, like one big goal that you have, I guess, for yourself for the next year?
1: Um, great question. I feel like I'm going to place of flux right now i'm really making a big decision about whether i want to and this is so vulnerable and open goodness i wonder if my boss is listening probably not i'm deciding whether i want to stay in news or not Um, what's my next big goal i feel like i've conquered a lot of mountains in news and do i want to keep doing that or have i done it right do i want to pivot to more corporate communications and find a way to have balance now that there are so many remote and hybrid opportunities right so I'm trying to really hone in on what makes me happy. I absolutely love delivering the news and anchoring and doing storytelling, but I'm looking at what opportunities are out there, how the industry is changing. And I can't be looking for that one perfect job, right? Because it might not yeah. exist. So I'm trying to figure out how can I find this kind of balance? And so that's what I'm doing right now. It's really vague. I'm really excited about building up the connector. And a lot of people are like, that should be your job. You should go all in on the connector. And I really feel like, I never had an intention to really monetize the connector. I think there's an opportunity to do that now, maybe through advertising. I am adamant; I do not want to charge my members. I do not want to pay for friends. I do not want to pay for a book club. I don't want to pay for any of that stuff. So I don't think my members really want to do that either. Um, well, you're, so I,
0: you're the role model for what you're setting, right? Like that. Yeah. Like, works, what do I for sure? What do I, want? Like, what, what do I? What would I pay for? But
1: I do right. love. And I love discounts, so I think if there's a way to maybe offer that to our members um, through advertising, through companies, and just getting them aware about certain brands and companies, and through perks and discounts, um, maybe that's a really organic way that like is valued for my customers too. So I'm I'm kind of thinking about all that, but I'm in no rush to do that. I got to get the infrastructure up first, and then maybe it'll be a side hustle. But just because I need to get paid doesn't mean that I need to like exploit the group. That's not, that's not my goal. So but you also
0: at the end of the day need to make a living, right? Like that's uh, but I, like gotta be a
1: side hustle. Until for I sure.
0: Think. For now. <laughs> I, I really believe that
1: things have to happen as they're supposed to happen. And I think sure. rush for, not the right reasons, like staying true to the mission of the connector is my major passion. So it's less about me and more about how can I help women all around me? And I think by doing that, it helps me too.
0: For sure. And I think a lot of people have that mindset. So I think that that helps it set up for success more. For
1: sure. Yeah, I think so too. And where it's collaborative and not, and it's give and take. And I, and you know what, I thought it was going to really help people. I was trying to democratize networking and, and, and basically democratize, I was saying for a while, the ladies who lunch. But one of them were really excited about this. Like the ladies who lunch, like the rich women are psyched to not ask them for money because they always get asked for money. Right. So it's kind of funny to see the enthusiasm from everyone about this, that people are just like, you want my ideas? You want my connections? You want my advice? Yes. Rather than just asking for a check. Right. So I think it also shows that like, we value you so much more than just for your funds, right? Like we bring so much to the table and so many people feel underestimated or feel like, they're just there at a party to write a check, but All I right. want to know what they can help us with. There's so much more than just funding.
0: So good. So Jackie, you're amazing. Before we go to game time, please share how people can follow you on social and get in touch.
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on social on Boston, on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm on LinkedIn as Jackie Bruno. I'm on Facebook as Jackie Bruno. So I'm pretty easy to be found. I live my life pretty out in the open. So uh, anyone can find me, whether for good or for bad. And yeah, easy, easy to touch catch responsive.
0: So I'm going to ask three like fun questions. There's no rush to answer them, but you're pretty like open. So I love that about you. So what is yeah. Jackie's favorite food?
1: Oh, Jackie's favorite food is pepperoni bread from Jersey city at second street bakery. If you're ever in the area, go there. It is where my dad grew up and no one makes pepperoni bread like them and a lot of people think it's like a calzone but it's really like a big loaf of Italian bread with like a pepperoni and mozzarella swirl in it oh it's my god
0: I've asked this so many times nobody said that that sounds phenomenal like yeah. I feel like I definitely it's need to check that out
1: pretty amazing
0: so good okay where is your favorite place you've ever traveled to and a bucket list place you've never been you want to go
1: Oh, my favorite place I've ever traveled to, and we've done a lot of travels. My husband used to live in London. So we've had all these incredible weddings for all our international friends. But uh, Greece, hands down. We've been to the Greek islands now twice, and Santorini is amazing. But what I like even better is Naxos. It's um, a much more affordable island. It's got beautiful white sand beaches. The food is amazing. And they have something called Naxion feta cheese, which is like a whipped feta cheese highly recommend it. So the Greek islands never disappoint. It's um, <laughs> a party, the food, the people. I would go there every... I, I wish I could live there. I love Greece. And I've been to Italy. I've been to France. Those are like my next two and three, which my last name is Bruno. I might even put France second. Sorry, Italy. I love you too. But damn, I love French bakeries. I'm a carboholic. So those are my like top three. But I haven't been to Portugal and I'm you know, very Portuguese. I grew up in the south coast of Massachusetts. And the fact that I haven't been to Portugal yet is a goddamn shame. And I got to get to the Azores and to Portugal. And that is a bucket list that's going to be happening soon. Like I said, my godmother's there right now with family. The fact that I have not made it a priority to get there yet, it's really because we've had so many international weddings and I was four in my early days of TV news. And I was busy with everything else when I was a kid, right? So it just hasn't happened yet. But I'm getting there. i got to get to Algarve, go to the beach on the main, mainland, and get to Torceda and Saint Miguel and all of the islands.
0: Sounds amazing. Like, I want to go there, too. Greece is on yeah, my bucket list. I, I have I'm, not been there.
1: I've been talking about how I have to organize a trip with this group called the Portuguese Kids, which is this comedy troupe that I'm obsessed with. And I just want them to take me around because they're, like, probably mega stars there. So we'll get, like, the VIP treatment.
0: I love it. Okay, final question. If you could spend a day with somebody, dead or alive, you've never met, who would you choose and why? I'm sure this is not the best
1: answer because I'm there's probably something that would be even more impactful. But like just off the top of my head, I'm kind of obsessed with Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, and my name. I don't know about you. Who are you named after? My grandfather's name is Jack, but. I was definitely, my mom loved Jackie O. So Jackie O, I just find her so fascinating. I think there's so much we don't know about her. I would like to do a podcast with her and find out like the nitty gritty about her maybe in a modern day way, right? Because I think at the time when she lived, it was so buttoned up, right? And, and I think if you look at her life from when she was young to when she was first lady to later as magazine editor, she definitely pushed boundaries. She married this like Greek you know, billionaire and, uh, did some things that really were not usual at the time for a former first lady. Right. So I want to talk to her about like everything. And I want to like find out what her life was like.
0: What a good answer. I love that. I didn't even know she was a magazine editor. Yes. Yes. She was a magazine
1: editor, um, later in life in New York or publisher, one of the two. So I, I think of her as like a wordsmith too. And the way that she, um, restored the white house, I'm kind of fascinated by because she's, she was like, more than just a first lady before that, like she was so intelligent, so thoughtful and so educated and the way that she interpreted art in fashion and history and brought that into the white house in a big way. I just think that she was such a dynamic woman. And I think JFK gets a lot of attention, but I think she's
0: fascinating. What a good one. I, you even informed me on facts. I never knew about her. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah. And then she like, got with our solo Nessus and what was that like living on the yacht and like I'd like to talk to her about her sex life I don't know I just <laughs> want to talk to her about everything why not I forgot to so uh Jackie when I make it to heaven one day we're having lunch
0: I love it you can come Jack- to Jackie it'll be I- another
1: Jackie times three
0: I love it it'll be like Jackie lunch hour lunch hour with the Jackie
1: wouldn't that be great I great. don't know so I just think that she has so much more that we don't know about that like there's every woman is pretty multifaceted and God, I want to know more about her.
0: So good. This has been so fun. Everybody needs to follow Jackie on all social (laughs) media channels. You can literally type in Jackie Bruno on Google. I'm sure you will find everything that you need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I need to do that again. I hope there's something bad out there.
0: Oh yeah. I guess we'll find out. And Definitely follow Connect Her because she's creating such a great community of women who are changing the world, which is amazing.
1: Yes. They can find the Connect her on Instagram. The connect underscore her is what it is on Instagram and Twitter right now. So that's another way to try to join the group and just DM me and say you want to be a part of it. And I'll put you on the list right now. It's really organic. And the fact that there's not even a website. So a little bit of a secret society right now. And for a while it was invite only for people who were members, they could invite people. But at this point, it's growing so fast. Um, if people are interested in joining, we just ask that you are joining because you genuinely want to help other women more so than taking at the beginning, because I think it's really about relationship building at first. And I think the, um, opportunities and the benefits from networking will come with
0: time. For sure. You're awesome, Jackie. Thank you so much everyone for tuning in to becoming next on scene and stay tuned for who's next on scene.